Blog Talk Radio. BD, and you're listening to Isles Beat Podcast, and I'm here with uh, John Jordan, and we are here to rock. I guess. Did you just call me the John Jordan? That's right. Hey, all right. That's a hell of a lead-in. I really like the way that guy on that sound clip actually says my name. He's very, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's striking to me, John Jordan. I, I dig that. <laughs> yeah. The um, so uh, where where to even begin on this one? Well, we uh, we, we we're dealing with mass hysteria once again, and um, maybe for the best reasons of the season, in my opinion, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but yeah. It's, uh, it's been an interesting uh, couple of weeks since we last were on air. Yeah, you know. Um, Last time we were uh, on, you know, the the Islanders were in a better spot. Um, they were, uh, you know, they ba- basically had one on a run and uh, was positioning themselves nicely. And then all of a sudden, you know, the bottom fell out. And if it wasn't for that run, that slump would look much worse than, you know, four, four and uh, two overtime losses in the, in the, in the 10 game stint. But um, you know, that, that drop off really was indicative of some, some big issues this season and those flaws at this time started to reverberate much more um, from, you know, even getting reaction out of me where I finally realized it's, uh, you know, that there, there, there are problems that I don't think coaching can quite solve with this current regime. And, you know, you can't really, there's a point of player uh, performance. You can't fire the players. You start to look at, are they having the right system? Is it the right coaching? Are they getting the right reaction? Um, you know, um, are they getting the right, are they doing the right things? And, you know, starting to, you know, unravel and uh, and then come first period at finally at a home game, you would think they would come out strong and they came out as listless as they had been in the slump. And that's where I finally had lost it because I thought this was it. And then all of a sudden, second period, they wake up and, uh, you know, are able to win the game and uh, had a very good second period and third just kept pace. 
So, you know, you wonder what, what which aisles you're going to get for the rest of the season. And isn't that what frustrates people the most sometimes is when you see it really all come together and the results are there and there's some excitement about the team uh, one night and then the next night is an absolute dud. Isn't that why people get so upset that this, this group can't seem to be consistent one way or another? It, it's, it's echoing, you know, it, start, it was echoing the, the, the fade last year late in the season that resulted in, you know, not having home ice and people talking about that sort of thing. And I think everybody's just kind of, I mean, isn't that, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, an indicator of taking the next step. Like we always talk about is to be consistent one way or another. And uh, the, the Jekyll and Hyde or heckle and Jekyll as Butch Goring once called it long ago, uh, nature of this team over the last several years uh, I think that's one of the biggest things that frustrates people the most. Yeah, and and there was a point, you know, there was a point here on the season where they need to start to put it together, even after the first half of of, of not performing and showing the, you know, that that uh, dual nature um, that's been pretty much present most of the season. Uh, there was an opportunity here, and and from the All Star break, it looked like they were kind of putting it together and kind of putting you know putting themselves in a good position. And then all of a sudden, the bottom falls out. The offense shuts off. John Tavares looks um, not even elite. Um, and b- by the way, uh, his first period play in the last game was atrocious until he finally woke up in the second period. And you and you look back on the season and you realize if your elite player is not has been human most of the season, then it's just another nail in the coffin. Um, whether you know that I don't necessarily think that that last night's win is a breakthrough of any sort. It is merely being able to apply the brakes before you know going off the rails. Um, it really remains to be seen in the next 10 games of what's going to happen here. Yeah, and I think that everybody, another you know, frustration that's that's very common is when people point directly at Tavares and, and say, you know, during times of trouble, he's often the lone bright spot. But a lot of times uh, when they've fallen on, you know, uh, into a rut of poor result after poor result this season, Uh, it's kind of gone hand in hand with him not looking like himself. And uh, to me in the last week or so, 10 days, maybe. And at other times this season when he hasn't been going very well, he, you just said, he, you know, doesn't look elite. I'll take it a step further and say that he looks lost mentally almost to me, Uh, which, you know, will, will cause speculation. And is he happy and blah, 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 all that crap to fit whomever's narrative is uh, pressing at the time. But, I think, you know, with very few exceptions, that happens to almost every player um, from time to time. It's just, it makes you wonder, you know, is, is there some frustration there on his part or, or whatever? But, you know, he's not the only one that's looked lost from time to time. And, you know, you carry a lot of pressure when you are a superstar player and the captain of a team and, and so on and so forth. And he's, you know, driven the offense of this team for a long time now. Uh, could use a little help. And I wonder, uh, you know, if, if he's not going, somebody else has to pick it up. Well, if nobody else is picking it up, then it's, that's only going to exacerbate whatever his individual issues are. You can overcome that when other people are 
producing, but when all that stuff's happening at the same time, it's like both both ends kind of feed each other, and I think people start to pick up on that. Yeah, and I I think that for him it, and and what what I think is happening, and it kind of goes to some rumblings that I've been hearing, is that uh, you know uh, I don't think Capuano has hit the right buttons, and I think that the players have have seen it, and I think that. Like I talked at the end of last season that Garth went to the assistant uh, captains and the captain to talk about Capuano and they, you know, they were all for him and like him and love him and they were, they wanted him back. Uh, I think there's going to be a juncture and a point that this season that that's, that tale is a little bit different. It's not that they don't like him. I think that that might be some recognition by some of the players that he did not hit the right buttons, um, perhaps even hitting um, the team in ways that made them even tighter, uh, didn't have the answers. And this is reaching a point of, for him, where he needs to, you know, we, we talked about this at the beginning of the season. This is the season that you would see him uh, grow. Is he going to grow into the next step and be able to work with them or not? And it seems to more and more be not quite. And, um, you know, there's certainly more to this season than the playoffs ahead. But I'm starting to feel that it shows a situation of things not quite fitting right in the right way. And I'm very curious on how that breaks off. Because, you know, if we're seeing it, I'm pretty sure Arnold's management sees it. And the question is, what are they going to do about it? Because there's just not enough solutions. You have three key players that should have had um, better seasons, and all three regressed. We can talk about Brock's 24 goals, but his point total was regressed. Um, And the fact is that that goes back to coaching you can't have just three simultaneous sophomore slumps it just doesn't work um especially when you notice that there's certain offense items you know they were still able to score they were still for the longest time when things were working correctly you know they were there yes some there's there's some issues of player performance but when those drop what is the coaching doing to change it or work with it and i think that has been the struggle and i think the in, in reaction, I think the players have struggled as well. Well, again, you know, you, and you mentioned it. We, we talked all year long about is this team going to take it to the next level and, you know, advance around in the playoffs or whatever the measuring stick is that we're pe- for people to say that they're, you know, uh, progressing this season. But for, from an individual perspective, from, for them to do that, you know, and what you said was, was, was what I'm getting at. Jack Capuano had to get to the next level. And that's been the big uncertainty, the uncertain factor for a long time, right? I was ready to give up on him three years ago. And a lot of people were, I think it's so easy to point at the coach for so many different reasons, but when collectively most of us are in agreement that we identified this season as one where they should be able to take it to the next notch, to the next rung up the ladder and be more of an impactful team and a, and a threat in the postseason and all that, uh, and you and you're seeing some of the same issues that we've seen in years past, plus 
not pushing the right buttons with some of the veterans, plus not being able to, to make the right play with the younger guys. All of that stuff being put together uh, has those questions front and center for people once again. I think, you know, uh, it, it, I'm not sure which is the biggest concern. Is it that the the veterans, you know, find themselves in a lull and you can't get them going again and you've got, you know, team leaders maybe recognizing that the coach didn't do this or didn't do that or whatever, like you said, or is it the secondary scoring that um, – the, the organization decided to rely on or bank on as a, as a, you know, a major factor in how the season goes this year for, you know, Lee, Strom, Nelson, guys like that. Uh, and them all, like you said, regressing to certain extents um, and, and, and him not being able to stop the bleeding there or, you know, deliver the right message or what have you, which one of those is the bigger issue. I think they're equally as important to what's going on with the Islanders right now. Um, and, you know, fingers do point to the coach for, for those things separately um, or independently of each other, but also collectively. And, and you know, the equation that, that they're, they're, they, they have equal factor in the equation to where the Islanders are right now. Uh, in the end, I think it's still a bottom line type of thing, what happens at the end of the season. But, you know, even if they do win a round or something, maybe we've seen enough to know that um, – we can expect more of the same if there isn't a major change in philosophy. I shouldn't say philosophy, but, you know, direction. And and that's the thing. They, You know, one of the things they didn't do, and perhaps they should have done, is made a change um, at Bridgeport. Because Brent Thompson is not somebody who's going to, somebody they're grooming for the next, for the role. And that seems to be more, so, you know, the Islanders have been running a certain type of system and used Capuano t- to plug in that system, which was already there and kind of running with Scott Gordon before him. Um, you know, their opportunity this year was to get somebody at Bridgeport that they could take the time and groom for the position. And they haven't done that. And if they've put themselves in a bind um, because of that, if they're going to make a change, and of course, you know, there's many out there that want the change. They've had enough of waiting. And, uh, you know, it's easy for fans to point, uh, but it's it's now becoming a little bit more of a, you know, a, a louder and reverberating item. So I think that, uh, you know, they really don't have somebody that's, you know, perfect for the position and and just out there this team is not let's say Hitchcock gets fired from St. Louis this team is not bringing in Hitchcock it's not that type of uh, organization that's not their vision and that's not their setup so they need to find and that as far as I see there's nobody out there even even though people have cited that Crawford wants to come back um, you know Crawford's had mixed results as well um, so it's not like there's any world beaters out there. So I, I really don't know what's going to come of that. Well, isn't uh, another Bridgeport coach, whether it was whether it was a Brent Thompson or whether it was somebody else that maybe would have come in and, and been groomed for a potential change somewhere down the road here, uh, isn't another Bridgeport coach just what everybody is afraid of anyway? You know, hmm. uh, it's it's been a long time now, but you know, you go back and it's Scott Gordon and, and Jack Capuano. And then who else after that, you know, who's next? Like 
don't aren't and, and you know go back. Uh, I mean, going all the way back to to Steve Sterling before Ted Nolan. I, I don't think people want to see the guy that comes up through the minors anymore. I think right or wrong, I think people are looking for a bigger name or somebody from outside the the organization uh, to really change things up. And, you know, I don't know. I don't have the name out there. We've, we've, we've thrown them out there before, but you know, you've always said that it's going to have to be somebody that fits the system, but at the same time, you know, is the system that's in place, the right system is another question that's, you know, starting to come up. And I mean, I don't know. I sometimes I think with a with a dynamic offensive superstar like John Tavares on the team as the centerpiece of the team, you know maybe maybe they need, there needs to be a little bit of a shift in 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 system at some point. I don't know. Um, nobody really scores hundreds of points anymore, but I've always felt like there's another gear that he can reach too at some point. He's certainly not getting there this year, so I don't know. Far beyond my uh, my level of expertise or, or insight, I just uh, I just know that. You know, they've fallen back into the doldrums last night's win, notwithstanding, uh, of the team that I've said for a couple of years now is, you know, successful more often than they aren't. But uh, I just have a hard time really getting all that excited about right now. I still can't really put my finger on that either. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. It's a tough one. It's a, the the fact is is they're a little bit of a mixed bag, and um, there's not enough pieces in place, and yet they're getting a lot of uh, bridging the gaps. This is why when people denigrate Bailey, Bailey is a guy that they can plug in anywhere in the top nine. That's a good facet to have. Do you want him on the top line? No. But the fact is that the fact you can use him there and he can still get an assist in a key period uh, to really and probably the most important game of the season is a big deal. And, uh, you know, they have those type of players, but they have none of the ones that really kind of bring everybody up. They have enough people to fit to kind of work together. And I think that's what they have now. They're missing. You know, I, I think that the elite forward might come from the summer. Um, I think that, uh, you know, that might happen. I think that uh, they have a lot of decisions to make this summer. I think that, uh, that it's, uh, you know, Kyle is off elsewhere. Franz is a coin flip and Martin doesn't look necessarily good about staying that, you know, people are going to go, Oh, well, he's so great on the fourth line. It's the fourth line. Um, And, you know, hitting is not everything. I, I do like the guy, but, uh, you know, that, that's not a piece to argue about when we're, we're talking about Franz and Kyle Poso. And I, I kind of slap my forehead when we have these discussions over Matt Martin. Um, fact remains, um, the Islanders have a lot of decisions to make. They have a lot of things to kind of do this summer. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a very interesting draft because of trades for them and um, it's going to be very interesting in how it bears out. What do they do with the three goalies? Um, What's next? And um, no matter uh, much less the coaching. So it, you know, now, you know, talking to people, the Islanders, nobody's talking about off season now. So nobody's made any kind of decision. There's been no discussion about goalies or anything like that. Everybody's focused on the here and now and, of course, the, you know, the upcoming draft, perhaps. Um, but, you know, they're, they're focused on the season. So it's going to be very interesting when we get there 
But, you know, now they have a 10-game sprint. We're going to see, you know, do we get, uh, you know, Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde? And then it'll become clear, you know, either way. And um, and then we'll see how the playoffs go. But, uh, you know, it, it's not exactly right now a confident team. This is a team that merely stopped themselves from kind of going off the rails. They're in a wild card position. Um, they have 10 games left. There's a couple teams with only eight games. I believe, uh, I think the Bruins and uh, the Rangers. And then you have uh, two other teams with nine games. I think uh, Tampa and don't remember, but there's another, another one out there. So it's, you know, they do have a couple games. You know, they have a couple game or two in hand. Yes. Thank you, Florida. So, you know, they, they can be the masters of their destiny. If they're not, well, guess what? We have our answer. Yeah, we could very well be singing a much different tune next week once again. I mean, it's funny. I wish I would have kept track of it, but I feel like pretty much every episode we're a little bit more positive, and then we're back to woe is me, and we're a little bit more uh, optimistic on where the team is headed, and then we're back to we're not quite sure anymore. Uh, it seems to be kind of how the season has gone, I guess, so that makes a lot of sense. But haven't we noted a few times throughout the season when we look toward next year with all the question marks – I think we've we've mentioned that you know we could see some serious change this off season. When you think of the Oposo situation, when you think of the Hamannick situation, when you think of the Franz Nielsen situation, like you mentioned, uh, Matt Martin on a much lower level. Uh, when you think of the goaltending, when you think of the coaching, uh, when you think of the fact that maybe we're finally admitting as an organization that you know Tavares does need a big time scorer to play with him, which you know seemed like logic a long time ago. In, in these other ways, you know, as we've seen. But we, I, I think that, you know, that's a point worth making time and again that there could be a major uh, shakeup. I don't want to say a huge change in direction, though, because, you know, at the core, the, the, some of the key players will still be right there in the mix. But uh, we could see a lot of change, which, you know, maybe, people, maybe Islander fans would look at as a good thing because they seem to always want – to sign everyone, trade for the big names, uh, bring in a new coach and all that sort of thing. Well, maybe all those things are, are possible all at once in this coming off season. But before we get to that point right now, you know, you're still looking at a playoff team. Most likely I would say uh, it's not at all out of the realm of possibility that they're in one of the top three spots in the division before all said and done still. So again, we could change our tune, but at the same time, uh, you know, if it doesn't work out this postseason or if things don't go the way we want them to, I think it's very possible that we see a, a summer of major change. Yeah, and, you know, and if, if you look back at the season, this is the season of the, of the struggle for the, for the Islanders to break through. And what I mean is they haven't broken through to be the team that we saw at the beginning of last season which we all recognize now as not them. It was a great run of, uh, you know, good possession play and a lot of wins, and, um, and it, they're not that team. And the rest from that point on has been a struggle to be that. And I think that's where they are, and I think the coaches also, and the coaching staff is also in that same struggle. 
And I think that this summer we'll see, you know, the kind of changes to kind of get them to the next point, whatever it, you know, other things that it, that it connects to, whether it connects to coaching change or a change in assistance or, um, I think mo- I would say probably 80% of fans want the coaching change. Um, we'll, we'll see what, what happens. You know, this, this is a team that really needs to be next year a contender, a playoff contender. And, you know, I think a lot of people thought that they would be that this year. Um, and they have not reached that level. And that's really has been the struggle. And they need to be it. And uh, I think that I think, you know, just as uh, I think that'll be some aggression and some uh, some moves to do that. But, you know, unfortunately, we're we're stuck with no answers because the Islanders had a good run after the All-Star break and then slumped right into the same old confusing mess that leaves us with, you know, just ourselves as fans confused and and almost the players confused. So it's really going to be interesting here on out of what this 10 game sprint is really about. And, you know, I almost wish we could fast forward to next week to get a little bit of an indication of that, because right now we are in limbo really. And that's, uh, you know, we don't know which team we're going to get. Is this a team that's going to be able to build off a home win? Uh, you know that that's the biggest question. Well, it's a it's a big big test tomorrow night down here in in my neck of the woods, and I will be in attendance. So uh, lately, over the past few years, that's been a, a positive sign for the Islanders. So I'll try and bring some more of my magic to the table tomorrow. I promise everyone. Uh, but you know that it's it's pretty simple when you think about it when you see these great runs and you start to get a little bit excited and then they're just about neutralized by a, by a slump in the opposite direction it takes us right back to having more questions than answers and it leaves everybody wondering what exactly we're looking at and maybe that's the answer to the question that I keep having which is why can't I get excited about this team for the last couple of seasons despite a lot of success i think it's it's pretty much because i don't know whether i can trust them or not are they as bad as they look sometimes? Probably not, but I think they're also not as good as they've looked at other times. And I think when you go back to last season, the example that you always bring up so astutely, uh, they weren't anywhere near as good as they appeared to be in the beginning of the season last year. Um, you know, they, 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 they showed that in the end. And is it a matter of what – I thought maybe that was a matter of peaking too early, uh, but when that sort of thing happens time and again, when it's – five steps in the right direction and then six steps backwards or something close to that. Uh, again, I just, I don't know if I can ever trust them. We could, uh, we could sit tomorrow night and watch the Islanders pull off a great win here in Tampa. Uh, and I'll be excited for the short term. But when I wake up on Saturday morning, I'm going to wonder to myself, is that really them? Or, you know, and it's always, it, it, to me, it always ends up being about what happens in the game after that. How do they build off that? Uh, last night, you know, they were able to pull out a win. They needed it badly. But uh, that means nothing if they follow it up with a stinker, in my opinion. And going up against a good team, like I said, it's a huge test tomorrow. Uh, I would love to say that this, you know, however tomorrow turns out, would give us a better clue as to what exactly we have in this team. 
but I don't know. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're polar opposites from one day to the next. And I think that too is a major source of uh, frustration and bewilderment for the fan base. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the, one of the things that I really feel is if things are truly not working and this, 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 I would say, you know, flaw, or this crack within the the Islanders is 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 there and present. If that is true, then we're going to see in this ten game sprint. I think a little bit. You know, it's very hard when you know as a player, you take it to your workplace, or anything else, or or a bad marriage or a bad situation. When you know something's bad and you're constantly having to kind of have that that focal point of a game, things are going to fall apart eventually. You know that 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 flaw is still there. It's still beneath you know on the ice. It's still going to kind of suck some of some of the things in. Whether it's the possession play, whether it's the the way the forwards are being uh, handled. Um, whether it's just the, you know, the practices and, uh, you know, Capuano being uh, hard on the, on the team and the team kind of bridling against it. Um, those things are going to happen in this 10 game stint, unless some, either the players or the coach or together can find a way to work around it. And that is what has not happened yet. You know, two periods is just not enough. You know, that's the biggest question. So I, I'm a little bit concerned that eventually that flaw will, flaw will be fallen into, you know, like a little bit of a chasm. That's my concern, and that's what has caused uh, I, the, the, the first period of, of the home game after, you know, slumping and being on the road and not coming out with energy and urgency and it, it floors me. It really does floor me, and yeah, that, that's the type of thing that drives people crazy. Biggest reverberation of all. It doesn't matter that they came back in the second period. You know, it's good to see, but the fact that they didn't in the first period speaks volumes. That thing, something is very, very wrong. And yes, it's great that you have the talent and the players that can rise above it from time to time, but that's it. They only seem to do it time to time. And my concern in this 10-game sprint or within the playoffs is we are going to see that flaw break open. And before it's all said and done, um, it'll be present for all to see. That's my concern. I know that I I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not Mr. Positive this time. Well, hey, you know, you've always been uh, had your, your feet firmly planted in reality, right? Isn't that your gimmick? So maybe maybe that's something that people should latch on to. If 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 BD's starting to show some concern, then maybe we do actually have some legitimate things to be concerned about. Listen, I've always said that I don't understand whether it is uh, coming off a long road trip and it's your first game back at home uh, and coming out flat, or whether it's uh, not being able to get it back together after a big game against the Rangers or something like that, or whether it's, you know, a, a, a lengthy losing streak like we just saw and then being on home ice against a shitty team and not being able to come out there in the first period and play the way that you can play. 
Uh, that is something that drives people crazy. It's something that people that played the game can't tell you that they really quite understand. It's something that longtime fans uh, just don't understand. Uh, and to me, it's easy to say that sort of situation never happened. But, the, but that's one thing that, you know, a lot of times we go searching for things to blame on the coach, right? But to me, uh, yeah, the players have culpability too. But that's always something that is high on the list of responsibilities for a coach to be able to do what he can to help the team avoid. Uh, and so when that happens, that's the, that's the sort of thing that I think you can uh, firmly point your finger in the direction of the coach of the team. Uh, and so that adds to the fire that people have had for this particular coach for a long time. But that's something that, yeah, it drives people crazy and makes you wonder, really makes you wonder how does that happen? And, and and it's not like you have somebody there to kind of take over. You know, that's why there was a point, especially if they had lost uh, versus Ottawa, I would have said that, you know, I even said it on Twitter, you need to f- fire the coach because the team needs to understand. these. It's, it's a young team, and they need to understand of what not meeting expectations and the, what the cost truly is. And that's unfortunate for Jack Capuano, but that's what I would have done. And then I would have put not Doug Wade in charge, but uh, Cronin, who put together the PK uh, this year that's been actually still number two um, and made him the interim uh, coach, and you let the chips fall where they may. Um, that didn't happen, but we we came really, really close. Barube didn't play such a good first period. They would have been in a hole that second period. And they might have not come out and just fallen even deeper. Yeah, I mean, uh, so maybe what you're saying is that you were kind of hoping for them to lose there, no? (laughs) Well, you know, it would have made it that much clearer and that decision that much easier. At least, you know, obviously if it was me. Um, But, you know, it just... You know, they were able to come back, but where are they going to build is where I think where is going to be the biggest question of all. Well, you've said it a couple of times. I mean, it's great to be able to come back, but you shouldn't be putting yourself in that position in the first place. And I think that's, you know, the, the point that people hang on to, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's see. So what else can we talk what, what else can we talk about that uh, might be a little a little bit better than the, the slump and the biggest question of all of what happens in the next 10. Well, I mean, you've got a, you've got a certain segment of the fan base suddenly falling in love with a goaltender that, uh, you know, very few people even gave uh, any reason to be on the team for much of the season. So there's something right there. I mean, uh, <laughs> I think some people are starting to latch on to him as the, uh, the future all of a sudden, I think. And, and I think that's a little bit premature, but he has played well. He certainly has. It's a very small sample size. And it's great that he's been able to, every time that they've needed him to step up, he's stepped up. And that's what you want to see. Um, what that means still is a big question mark, especially when you have uh, Grice, who's had a fabulous season. And uh, obviously with Halak injured and probably not likely to show up at, probably at any time this season, um, you know, it, it does make it a, a quite an interesting situation and probably a luxury to have that kind of situation 
where you're having a bunch of players emerge and then you still have uh, a couple of prospects in the KHL doing really well and uh, them, you know, uh, signing McAdam to a, a entry-level contract and uh, having also Steph, uh, Stefan Williams in the, in, the, uh, in the system. They have, you know, it's, it's finally something that they have some depth in and some talent but I don't think it's very clear that Barube is a number one goaltender. Um, I know that people like to fall in love early, and then when they disappoint, they want to throw them out early as well. So, you know, the, the peanut gallery can be a little bit fickle either way. But I think that, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's going to be an interesting summer just to see what they're going to do about that. Peanut gallery, and then uh, us too, because if we're being honest, we should point out the fact that we spent a large portion of our last podcast talking about how lucky the Islanders have been to have somebody like Thomas Grice in there, um, just for the very reason that has happened and the reality of Hawak's injury. Um, but at the same time, you know, now here we are two weeks later, and you know, people are starting to jump on the Peruby train. Um, kind of changes the narrative a little bit versus what we talked about last time, which is that you know, we hinted at if, if things go well and the Islanders play well and Grice is, is uh, effective, even if Halak was ready for the playoffs, who plays? Well, you know, now we're starting to think that maybe Yarrow will not be back, and uh, but you might still have that question. <laughs> who plays, right? Who uh, Will they split the rest of the game, the, the final 10 games here? I don't know. I'm sure you would say it's not going to be 50-50. But uh, when you've got a team that's been kind of teetering, you really want to take whatever momentum you can, you can put together and uh, go with it. I would imagine that Grice would get the nod tomorrow night. But if that doesn't go well, that could be a major shift in the, in the other direction too. So another small little story to keep track of uh, in the final 10 here. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, you know the problem is, is that what I've noticed is people like to really ride the train. You know, everybody wants to get behind the player and and want them to be the guy. You know, I know the couple fans have shared that. You know, I don't know one fan that already got a Barube jersey. So it's going to be, you know, that's a that's a lot of commitment. Um, that's great, but the the reality is on Barube. That that makes me, you know, that's great that we that he's performing. Let let's see what he can do, and then you know, come playoffs, let's ride the hot hand. And yes, you're right. If it gets dicey, you know, Jack wants to keep his job. You know, they want to make the playoffs. They're going to do whatever they can to get in there, so that you know, whatever their pattern was to keep the goalie fresh will be kind of thrown to the side to be able to hold on. So that will definitely come clear. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, what he could do. But that said, you know, here's a guy that, you know, came from the waiver wire that LA, you know, before he put on waivers, probably tried to trade and nobody was really taking. So, you know, I know that people, you know, laud the LA system and all that, but, you know, let's, let's see what, you know, bears out. In, in constant play before we anoint them the next number one. You know, it's good to have a kid with talent and that's willing to step up, but you want him to play, 
you know, much more than he's had to get that, to truly get a flavor. I love when uh, I saw somebody uh, may have been during Staples Q&A on Twitter today talking about how hard uh, Berube works and he needs to get credit for that. And maybe he should get a shot at being the guy from this point forward because he, because he works so hard. And thought, you know what? You're supposed to work hard, though. <laughs> I, I think I think right now, in a moment of desperation, people are latching on to anything to kind of get uh, excited about, right? And, uh, you know, I work hard, too. doesn't mean I should be given the chance to, to run with the ball and, and man the nets for the Islanders, either. <laughs> well, everybody's trying to cling on to anything at, at this point. I think it's, you know, at a difficult time. And I think that, that Staples' uh, Q&A came at a very inopportune time where he kind of gave his opinion and everybody kind of took it as gospel um, when he was just giving his take of what he thinks w- could happen, not based on, I don't think there was any, per- I don't think he was reporting any insight. I think he was just responding with his own personal opinion loosely, you know, what he thinks. And he's done that all the time. He's a great beat writer, but, you know, he's, and he will admit this. When he comes to those type of guessing, he's more wrong than right. Um, it, it's difficult to guess of what the Islanders are going to do, but people have taken that Q and A and kind of like ran with it. I see it being discussed everywhere, and I think he's probably he might be a little bit taken back that it's become rumor mill items when he was just given his opinion. And, but he I, does know. a good job. He does, he, he does a good job of clearly stating that through and through. Just my opinion, what I think. If it were me, they don't take my uh, advice, nor should they. But clearly, making stating that it, this is just what one guy thinks. I mean, what we talk about is just what we think, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. People, uh, people did t- seem to to go through all of that uh, that was put forth today, and and just you know etch it in stone that that's the way things are going to go moving forward. It's almost like I tell you that this is not a, re- a real situation. This is a hypothetical. Uh, just my opinion, everybody. Hear it or read it, and they just go with what they saw, and they, they, they iron that in as, you know, fact. And I bet you, had, had, had Staple done that Q&A before the slump, it would have never been repeated and clung on to like it's been today. I think everybody needed something, something to look forward to, something to give some insight of what could happen next year, because what's happening this year is so difficult to really figure out. I really think that the, the, the timing of it has really capitulated it much more than it needed to be. You know, you know, if we go through some of the items that he was citing, you know, thinking that Grabo or Bailey would be traded, well, you add Kuhlman and, and Hamannick, that's the only four that can be traded. So, you know, that's not, that's not a difficult leap of logic there. Um, that said, I don't know if any of them will be traded. Well, we know that Hamannick will. Um, the rest depends on what their needs are and what they're trying to move out. You don't have a whole lot of forwards coming in. Barzal will probably be the only one who has a shot next year. I think, I think Arthur is 100% correct on that. The rest of them are going to be at Bridgeport. Um, in terms of defense, um, I don't think why, I don't know why anybody would even think that straight would be retained in any way, shape, or form. 
I think you're going to have eight defensemen next year. I think you're going to have all three kids up. So, you know, that that's going to be something interesting. You know, the rest of it, I, I thought his numbers on, on predictions of, of who stays and who goes is probably off. Um, but that's just his opinion, just like I have an opinion. I think it's uh, I think Franz is much more of a 50-50 coin flip. I think uh, the chances of KO staying is uh, minute. I think the chances that Martin stays is probably about I don't know 25 percent. I don't think it's necessarily in a good in good shape. I think that uh, you know it'll really depend on Martin. I think he's going to be disappointed in the amount that Garth is going to offer. So there's a lot of, you know, things that he was giving an opinion and people just took off with. And I don't know if that he really intended that to be the case, um, you know, but, uh, you know, I did notice, uh, I did notice that after uh, your, your last article that you posted, we did get, some uh, interesting commentary, and, and within that commentary, we also got an image of a, uh, a sweatshirt design that had a pylon on it and the number 37 in Islanders colors, and I thought to myself that uh, I got to have that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got somebody on hold there. Uh, should we, uh, should we, should we uh, go with the call? Hey, why not? Let's see what's going on. Howdy, caller. You're on Islesbeat. Hello, Brian. Hello, John. Hello. The president of the uh, Brian Strait fan club. I knew it. You knew it. We had our predictions. Guys been... Yeah, you got your predictions right. Are you going to buy so, me that uh, that sweatshirt with the number 37 on the pylon on it? I really oh, I, can go. I, thought, I saw that as well. Wasn't that hysterical? <laughs> but, the, but the truth often is... But you know, I'll tell you, Brian. I I, I I I I know I kid you online with this, but I could see them resigning straight. I'm telling you, nah. they're going to give the same. They're going to give the same song and dance. Can't bring three kids up. Uh, it's going to be too risky. We got this. Tr- <laughs> I, I can see the excuses. I I, I, know, I know that we have had the argument. I have it from a very good source that he will not be resigned. That's then why I've kind of. Then, how, then how's he on the ice, Brian, for 48 games this season? There's a love I, affair with this guy. Well, that that brings you back to the coaching and not following the analytics, which, you know, there's a point where there's always – and that's why I cited Moneyball to you earlier this, this season. If you watched Moneyball, there's a point where Philip Seymour Hoffman, who, whose death still haunts me, um, as playing the coach – starts playing players that he's got gut feelings on and and, and ignoring the analytics. And that's what you have when you have, you know, there's a a bit of, you know, free reigns to the management and and the players. And I mean, the not the players and the coaching. And it's not like they're playing a star, but you're right. Every time that they've gone with straight, it has not been, um, an analytic, you know, it doesn't make sense. And, and it shows you, you know, whatever but, they're but thinking he, is faulty. Oh, my God, faulty. But, but then he gets back to the whole Cappy thing. You know, here we are in, in whatever it is, the fourth or fifth year, another collapse month. So the first couple of years it was in November or December. Now we're in March. The pattern's there. 
you know, you wonder why all these kids are struggling. If you had one player that was struggling, one, I could say it's the player. But when you have three, four, five people in a slump, it's not the players. And, and now all of a sudden it's this, well, you know, now I, I saw your tweet the other day. It's like, you know, the, the team's looking at Cappy. They're looking at Cappy now? <laughs> what the hell have they been looking at for five years? There's, there's no success. None. Zero. Zilch. Should have been fired after the flyer game as he came off the ice. It's that simple. I, uh, I, I think looking back that I, I, sometimes I say that I was way too critical of him way too early, but you know, at the same time, I mean, some of the things that I've always been upset about with Capuano are the same things that upset me today. So you might have a point there because, uh, but you know, they gave him more than a fair shake. I think what we're, what, you know, what we talked about earlier in the show, like where we're at right now, this season, this was supposed to be a stepping, uh, a stepping stone season, a step in the right direction, moving up the ladder. Uh, and right now, I don't think any of us on the line here, on uh, listening uh, on Twitter, among the fan base, is confident that um, that's going to be the way that things play out. And I think, as we said at the beginning of the season, if that's not what happens, if they don't take the next step, then maybe it is time to move on. So maybe yep. we'll all get our wish. But with who? But you let all the NHL talent go last season. I mean, yeah. think about this. You could, have, you could have an NHL coach that won the Stanley Cup or have an AHL coach that never won a thing at any level he coached that. Which one do you want? And, and Snow that was the, happy? Yep. Maddening. Maddening. Yeah, and that, that you're definitely correct because there is no one out there that really comes in as an answer, and that's why I feel like, you know, if you want to, you know, if – if this season was the stepping stone, like I was saying earlier, you know, they missed an opportunity to bring in somebody over to Bridgeport to groom. They have nobody in place to come up. Brent is not that guy. And Waits not that guy. Now, I, I, like I said online, I feel like the only guy that I feel that, that uh, I, I would have any trust in is Cronin. And, and even then, it's still not an answer. Hey, what is he going to do that's different from the from the other as, aspects? You need somebody to come in with with acumen and experience of getting and and a and a, a record of bringing players to the next level. You need a you Davey Johnson. Available? What, which you know, you is know what who's available? You know, you know who's available? Mike Milbury. <laughs> God help us. <laughs> oh, God. Well, it's going to be an interesting 10 games. I'll just, 10 games left. It'll be interesting to see. Well, hopefully it's a few more than 10, because if these 10 don't go all that well, there's still a chance that they might be the only ones to measure anything by. Uh, I don't yep. think that'll happen, but you never know. Yeah, I think they'll, so uh, right. they'll shake their way into it. Ryan, you going to make it to the Coliseum for these, any of these last 10? What was that? Are you going to make it to the uh, to the uh, Barclays for these last ten? Uh, yes, actually, I'll be over in uh, on the uh, April fourth. I will yeah, be well, there as and well experience I. it as a fan, and so will John. What what game is that? That's first Tampa. What is that? A Monday? What is that? Tuesday game? Yep, Monday night. Monday night. Couple. Uh, uh, is that a uh, week from this coming Monday? Yep. Oh, may, oh yes, now, now I may have to go. There you go. <laughs> I was on 
because I, I was on I was on the uh, half season ticket plan, and the last uh, the last game on the plan is the second. And th- this is the first time that I haven't even been in, in for years that I haven't been in there for the press box, but it might actually be that for the entire season because I want to experience the Barclays as a, from a fan perspective. And oh, oh, so you're gonna, oh, so you're going to sit in a limited view seating? I hope yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, it remains to be seen where I sit. I'm going in as a fan. I'm taking the train, doing all that uh, fun stuff, and I will uh, definitely be uh, tweeting and uh, commenting about it. Right, well, well yeah, I, I told you I'd buy you a beer or whatever when uh, when we meet up. No problem. In. You know, we'll, I'll definitely let you guys know where I'm. Uh, you know, I'm sure on Twitter I'll let everybody know where I'm sitting and uh, where I'll and be. John, but uh, John's going to be know. there too. Yep, that's uh, that's the plan. I will be there. Wow, excellent. I will also. You know, be you know, there. It, you know what? It, we can we can all go and buy Brian Straight jerseys together. Well, I don't have. Uh, I don't I'm have. I'm gonna that. skip that one. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> gonna show out any of my hard-earned cash for that. But uh, I do welcome gifts at all times. And maybe <laughs> or, 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 or the backup. Or the backup is the uh, the uh, Josh Bailey shirt. Hey. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you've underwhelmed me. <laughs> anyway, appreciate the call, uh, George. We'll. Uh, just uh, kind of close it out, but I appreciate the uh, the sentiment, and uh, you definitely have uh, been shown to be correct on uh, Jack. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good night. Thank All you. right, have a good one. Bye. Anyway, so I knew it was him, and, and he's right. You know, the, the and and it it's easy for fans to point to a coach and say, this is what you have to change. And then of course it's different when you have somebody hired a system in place and a setup. And, you know, we talked about at the beginning of the season, you know, they had a great season last year and it was a, it was the right thing um, to give him the opportunity this season to see if he's the guy, you know, I know that fans don't all agree with that, but I really think that that was the right way to go. But now being the mixed bag of the season and those flaws kind of, you know, and uh, a a lot of things not quite working, I think, you know, that's where I'm at is uh, that it's very clear to me that that's not the answer, that he's not the guy to bring him up to the next level. He was a great guy to get them there. And, you know, that's, I can't uh, see it any other different way right now. We've been saying that for a long time. You know, you can only go so far of under certain guys. And uh, I thought maybe that was the case here for a long time now. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, see how it pans out. I, I, I would be surprised for the first time. I would be surprised uh, if at the beginning of next season, uh, without any, you know, real spectacular fish here, any remarkable run in the playoffs or anything like that, um, that I would be surprised if, if, if it's just, you know, more of the same next year with cap back and everything else. I think it's, uh, it's getting to the point where it's pretty clear that there needs to be a a shift and uh, maybe, maybe some of the, the, the lost in their own head 
uh, type of play that we're seeing from some big, some of the bigger name players tells us that maybe they've seen that too. I don't know. That's just a guess. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think when, when this season's, uh, you know, dead and buried, we'll see a little bit more indications. But uh, like I said, I've, there's a little bit of rumblings, not enough to really go into right now. But I think that it'll be a different tale uh, when Garth really kind of sits down and assesses. And I think that, uh, you know, the, 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 they've seen plainly the same stuff that we have, finally. And, you know, let, let, let it happen, whichever way it goes. You know, um, you know we, we talked about this for the season, but, uh, you know, the, 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 there's too many player performances that are down. You know, you can, you can point to Letty, uh, who's been good. Um, he played last year as like a number one defenseman. I feel this year that he played like a number two defenseman. Maybe a little bit of struggle here or there. Uh, Boychuk, I didn't feel that was, was a, uh, who played last year like a top pair or number two defenseman, did not this year. Um, more like a number three or number four. Um, you know, uh, he happened to have a very good game, though it seemed to be the, people didn't quite see that in the eye test, but I saw that in the Corsi um, with DeHaan in uh, versus Ottawa. And that'll be nice to see if, but once again, he's with DeHaan showing that he's more of a second pair guy. So there, there are too many items that are, you know, and that's not really necessarily in Jack's control because Jack was the coach when they were playing a higher level last year. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's really, you know, and they were in contract years. It's not, you know, the, the, the Strom, Anders Lee, and Brock Nelson all not taking the next step. That's the thing that haunts. That's the thing that, that is going to haunt the GM. They felt that, and, and, you know, even if one or two took the next step, the fact that all of them regressed, that's something you can't really predict. And, and that really has killed them. Yeah, well, uh, maybe uh, maybe we need uh, a complete death and rebirth. Maybe that's where they're headed, if you know what I'm saying. I don't know. Uh, we thought this would be a step in the right direction. Maybe uh, maybe it still will be, but I uh, I have my doubts at this point. Speaking of slow deaths, I kind of feel that way about the final minute of our show here. What do you think? I'm, uh, I hit a wall. I, uh, my eyes are closing. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me. Yes, what is it? I need to go poopies. That, that too. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, um, I agree. I think that we've uh, really kind of uh, expounded our, our concerns and items. Uh, it's not a happy-go-lucky show. You know, over the course of the season, you know, uh, we've tried to keep our feet in reality and not let ourselves get capitulated by Isle's Twitter, um, by things that were going on. But that said, this one is not a happy-go-lucky one because there. I had said over the course of the season, it, all that it matters is how the team plays from March into April. And right now, 
it's the same mixed bag that we were stuck with to begin with. And for that reason, this show is of big concern and pointing out a tremendous flaw and in disconnect between coaching and player and player performance. We will see in the next 10 games how that bears out. You know, I, I've stated here that I think they're going to kind of fall in a little bit. Somewhere along the way, maybe it's in the playoffs. But you know what? There's only one way to be sure. But I'm sorry for not being the, uh, you know, uh, being able to kind of give you a little bit more of the optimism because I don't really see it right now. And we have to be honest to what's there. And I think that we have a, we'll have a lot to talk about next week. And also, um, we're going to start bringing in uh, somebody else who we'll introduce next week uh, to give us a little bit more of um, uh, some analytics and also what it means. You know, when I cite analytics, it's because I talk to people. Um, I'm not really a math guy. So it'll be nice to have finally somebody that uh, hopefully will be also posting on the site telling us what it means and how it bears out. What does it mean in the scheme of things? And I think that'll help everybody along the way. You don't need to be an analytics guy to really understand how something affects the team or when something's up or down. And I think that'll be a very good aspect to the Isles beat. Um, And, uh, you know, and then we'll have a lot to talk about on what's happened. So on that note, John, how would you like to close this out? Thank you, folks, for joining us as usual. Uh, I am John Jordan. He's B.D. Galloff. We are the folks behind Isles Beat, and we are out of here. Goodbye. feeling about this.